Vortex Temporum. Composers and the inner thoughts about this and that. A podcast by Limina and Art Nutin. Charles Uzor. Thank you for sharing some thoughts and music. I'd like to show you a manifesto I have written some time ago. A manifesto that pretends to sound very serious but may be taken more lightly. And finally, I'll tell you a story of mine with a recent poem at the end. to talk about ourselves, we just talk about ourselves, either through words or music. While words don't quite satisfy our hunger for expression, music may bring us closer to you, the listener. aside a little and may even come closer to where we play and fail better. Manifesto. 1. Melody comes to us in secret. 1.2. We worship nature because nature is a dying god. In it we recognize the hidden which no hermeneutics can destroy. 1.3. We hear nature's sound and think of its illusion. In search for sound we pass through stone, wood and winds. 1.3.1. Demystification is an artificial process.
2. We are in love with the inharmonic timbers of bells and the spicy algorithms of the sea. 2.1 We abhor counterpoint and won't replace it with multiple layers for two things cannot be at the same time. 2.1.1 We demand neither determinism nor anticipation, nor do we fear the impossibility of transcendental execution. 2.2 Our proof of aesthetic truth is the exact recall and destruction of notation after seven days and their repeatability after another seven days. 3. 12 tones are deficient since they express bourgeois values. 3.1 In the endless search for intonation, we seek the overflowing joy of microtonal divisions. Until we reach the crooked orbits of imagined razor-sharp harmonies. 3.1.1 We perceive quarter tones as reprehensible because they contradict our whims of perception. Instead, we hail the approximate truth of the sixth tone. 4. We reject most Handel and all of that miserable Richard Strauss. We reject the authoritarianism of late Stockhausen and of early and late Boulez. We reject all Russians except Vlinka, Skriabin, Masolov, Ustvolskaya. We despise the fascism of the Italian futurists and the minimalists. We detest Arvo Part and the rest, as we detest all varieties of simplicism and eclectic syncretism. 4.1 With the exception of liturgical texts, we consider settings a blasphemous aporia. Literary texts are discursive, music is non-discursive, non-metaphorical. 4.2 We prohibit our music from humorous attributes, since music is, unlike the anecdotal and the literary, never humorous. Our music is happy, relaxed and sometimes melancholic, but never serious or funny. 5. We don't pretend to hear musical parameters in their totality, but through deconstruction. 
5.1 We admire Webern and Schubert, and perceive in each tone their dialectical argument. 5.2 In the melodies of new music we hear nothing but effect and fear, theft from the young generation. 5.2.1 We admire Alban Berg when his structure crumbles in its sensation. On the other hand, we prohibit our music from ever returning to Bella Bartok or Claudin de Sermissy. 6. We do not write structures, combinations or motifs, we can't fake development. 6.1 We revel on the moment and despise anything aleatoric, because it mocks true feeling. Since we are humans, we can't just let go. 6.2 We restrain from constant pulsation and wish to breathe the accidental. 6.3 The digital alienates us from our hand. We accept it as our far-reaching alienation, as its reminder. 6.3.1 We experience nature as repetition and recognize the appeal of repetition in its smallest deviation. 6.3.1.1 We avoid the discursive and the rhetoric. Unlike Samuel Beckett, we don't manage to hear the sound of our voice. 6.4 The vocal is an act of intersubjective mercy. 7. We worship the ornamental as the melody of melody. 7.1 Since there is nothing to decorate, our ornament is our supreme hysteria. 7.1.1 We despise the ornamental chatter of the spectralists. Their articulated background noises, their ups and downs, their perfumed timbers exempt from the power of the animal. 7.2 We advocate compositional economy since nothing can be short enough or long enough. 7.2.1 Compositional economy is Marxist. It depends on the inner pace and its relationship to the expression of subversive elegance. 8. Electronics as the imitation of acoustics will always fall short in its need for body and space. Instead, we call for the imitation of electronic sounds through acoustic instruments. Here we find the second nature of acoustics, their approximation, maybe their soul. 8.1 In the possible confusion of acoustic and electronic sounds we overflow in the bubbling sources of elusive imagination. 8.1.1 Let's call it the concrete, not the substitute. 9. In the differential we find the will o the wisp of our nerve cords. 9.1 We recognize nature in the songs of the birds and the flapping of their wings. 
ten bamboos. He would just sit in her garden. He had been roaming around the house, which was surrounded by bushes growing on their own. There was a tidy clearing seemingly inviting. It wouldn't be out of place to take advantage of the situation, to sit there, listen to the sounds and wait. Of course, people would wonder who this man was, sitting like a statue with his head sunk deep into the brim. Before he could fall into the grass, he noticed the Chinese walking slowly along the fence, banging it gently with a stick. Ah, what a sound, he thought, walking towards him, and without quickening his pace, he reached his height. After a short silence, they exchanged a few words. It appeared to him as if the Chinese had been cut out of a mural, one of those drawings he had admired as a boy, tiny landscapes in light, ink with that great silence and pale faces. Everything about them had a touch of infinity. When looking closely, he felt dizzy. The picture slid under his eyes, hiding some hunched necks, hair tied in a bun high above the forehead, long beards flowing like waves, launched by fat brush strokes. There was always some hustle and bustle there, someone pushing a handcart, Someone sitting by a wall, looking at the clouds. Brush strokes that gradually filled the page. These figures were imbued with a sardonic glow in their flickering eyes. As they walked along, he noticed a slight accent, which he easily recognized as a dialect from Yunnan province. Still, it seemed like flawless Mandarin. Your Mandarin is remarkable, he said flatteringly, but the way you pronounce the R is strange, if I may say so. I know, I know, the cradle of dialects, replied the Chinese. Yes, some claim to have seen the emperor. When saying that, he caught his eyes with such a piercing look that he felt forced to lower them. Then, as if drawn by magnets, their eyes moved back to each other. Where are you going? he asked. His stroll, tipping slightly to one side, reminded him of that turtle when he was a child. He had lifted it out of the bushes and was holding the soft animal in his hand this delicate, frightened thing. He let it waddle in zigzags, directed it with a stick and gently nudged it on the soft part of its shell. He fed it with bright leaves or became impatient with its unspeakable expression. Come here, tortoise, he used to call the animal.
is whirling like a dervish. Louder its silence than winds. Howl on, glow. You listen to Charles Uzo. This episode was released on the 2nd January 2024. Vortex Temporum is a podcast by Lee Nina and Art Nutim.